You're listening to the Stronger Than Before podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Johnston. Let's get into this week's episode. What's up, you guys, and welcome to the Stronger Than Before podcast. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, ate some good turkey, pie, mashed potatoes, um, and took a great post-Thanksgiving nap. I know I did. This week is a crazy week because December actually begins on Thursday, which is so wild to me. This year felt really long, but at the same time, it's already December, and I'm literally so excited to finish this year strong and get a good start to 2023. So a little bit of a weekly recap. Um, When it comes to half marathon training, Quinn and I are officially at the 14 week mark from the race, which is March 4th. Our training plan is actually a 14 week plan. So this will technically be the start of the official half marathon training. And we're so excited. This has been a little challenging because it's been pretty cold outside since we've been running. Um, So we've mainly been running on treadmills for speed runs and an indoor track for long runs and recovery runs. In the future, I definitely do want to do more outside runs though, since I need to be prepared for what the race will actually be like. Something I've noticed about running is how important fueling is. Eating a good amount of food and drinking enough water makes all the difference on how your run feels. Um, And so, yeah, running has been really fun and we're ready for this week to start running and actually training in our 14-week plan for our half marathon. Um, On another note, I've been taking a little break from social media for a bit and it's been really good. It's just been a reminder to me that it's so much easier to be present when you're not on your phone all the time. There's so much life to live right now in the moment and when you're always checking your different social media apps, um, there's just always something like in the back of your mind you're like I need to check this and when you take a break it kind of gives you your brain a chance to reset and it feels so good once you get into that zone of wanting to do things other than check your phone you get back into some of your hobbies like for me playing guitar or reading I've actually been reading on my kindle this week and I've been reading a book called Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and it's the prequel to the Hunger Games series. It's been really interesting. I'm already like 200 something pages in and it's been really fun to read. So that's just a good reminder to myself that when I take away these distractions, I get even more in tune with like who I am as a person. Um, On that note, I've actually been doing some research on a phone called a light phone. And I'm going to link it in the description if you're curious about it. And no, this isn't sponsored or anything. I'm just a fan. And this is definitely a current favorite of mine right now. So if you go to the website, the phone says it's designed to be used as little as possible. It's super aesthetic and cute and minimal, which I love. I think we should make it a trend to get this phone and dedicate a season of our lives to go off of social media. It's also cheaper than a regular phone, which is a plus. Um, 
And honestly, if you're a college student or in a phase of life where you really need to focus on something, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to intentionally remove the distractions of a smartphone. Um, culturally, it's not really acceptable, but maybe we should change this. Maybe there, maybe there are some cases where you really would need a smartphone, but I would recommend at least considering it as an option. Imagine what your life would be like, how much more you could get done over a semester. Because if you're not using social media, you're not going to be wasting all of your time on the different apps that you have. Um, you could also get this phone and switch the SIM card for a certain period of time, still keep your smartphone. For me though, I'm really considering just going all in and just embracing the minimalistic phone. Um, and yeah, it still has like other features like podcasts, um, a calculator, alarms, directions, music, etc. So the way it phrases it is that it has tools, not feeds. Anyway, long story short, I'm just really excited about doing more research on the light phone and seeing if it would be a good fit for me because I think it would and I think honestly like having a lifestyle of less distraction would just be awesome okay on to my one of my other favorite things right now is spending time outside with your head up just taking in the nature around you and just being able to breathe fresh air is so important for you and even when it's cold out it's something that we need um I've just really appreciated the little walks that I have throughout my day to just kind of meditate and be mindful about the sounds of nature and how beautiful it is. Um, and yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about nature and being outside in the actual episode. So on that note, let's get into this week's episode. Okay, so as you probably know, December is known to be a month of holidays, good food, finals, if you're a student, family and friends, traveling, snow, etc. It can be a lot to manage and kind of seem overwhelming. Um, with December coming up this week and it really starting to feel like winter, I wanted to do an episode all about how to make your December optimal for you. What you can do to be better prepared to have a good season of holidays and family time and also self-care. Um, December is full of fun times, but I just think that it can cause a lot of stress. So today I'm going to go over 10 tips that I think will help you to have a more stress-free month as well as enable you to be present so that you can make memories. Tip number one, get enough sleep. Getting enough sleep can be hard. Um, I've definitely seen this in my life. What I found is that it really comes down to one thing, setting a bedtime and following it. If you calculate exactly how much sleep you need, let's say it's eight hours, and you think about how long it takes you to fall asleep, typically maybe 30 minutes, then you really just need to set the time you're going to go to sleep for eight and a half hours before you need to be up. Especially when times are stressful and busy, you really should prioritize getting enough sleep. A challenging factor, though, that often is that often stress causes insomnia. So here are some ways I found from an article published by the Sleep Foundation to relieve stress for bedtime. 
have a good sleep environment, which means it needs to be dark with little noise, um, limiting alcohol and caffeine, taking a warm shower or bath before your sleep can help, avoid blue light exposure for a good amount of time before you start the bedtime process, and then journaling before bed can also help create that good sleep environment. So if you know yourself and you know that you stress as you are falling asleep, you could also consider factoring that into the amount of time you set aside for sleep. Sometimes I know I have a hard time turning my mind off before falling asleep, so I need to add like 15 to 30 more minutes in addition to the 30 minutes it takes just to fall asleep for my mind to turn off. So that means in reality, ideally the amount of time I need is nine hours in order to get the full eight hours of sleep. So if I'm waking up at 6 a.m., this means like a nine o'clock bedtime, which is kind of crazy, kind of early. Um, I'm going to link an article from the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine, which also talks about how much sleep adults need. Um, Essentially, it says adults need seven plus hours of sleep on a regular basis to function um, optimally. So that's something to consider when you're deciding what time you need to go to bed regularly. Tip number two, spend time outside. An article from Volume 30, Issue 2 of the Journal of Environmental Psychology discusses the vitalizing effects of being outdoors in nature. Okay, for those who don't know, the word vitality refers to the state of being strong and active, or energy. So, this article includes five studies that use various methods to determine the effects of being outdoors and in nature. I would recommend reading it if you're interested, but essentially it affirms that being outside and in nature provides an increase in vitality. There's so much power that comes from being outside, and I know I've felt a dramatic change in my mood when I'm outside a lot. When I go on hikes or even just walks around the block, everything changes and it feels so good. And I always think, why don't I do this more often? Um, It's because we're forgetful people like after you know good things happen a lot of times we forget and then we do them and then all of a sudden we're like what why didn't I do that more often um during the warmer months this is a lot easier I'm not gonna lie um my husband Quinn and I often take the time to go on at least one hike a week when it's nice out but when it's cold it's another story Um, We're in Utah, so the mountains are gorgeous, and I feel like I take for granted the beauty that's around me. According to another study that I'm going to link, during the earlier times of the pandemic, spending time outdoors boosted physical, mental, and social well-being. During the winter, it might be more likely that we choose to spend more time inside because of how cold it is, but I would really encourage you to bundle up at least once a day for a walk around your neighborhood, And I think you'll notice positive effects taking place. Tip number three, have balanced nutrition. This means making sure you're eating the nutrients that your body needs. Eat the dessert and try not to feel guilty about it. Um, If you're craving something, it's probably for a reason. At a Christmas dinner, give yourself good portions of nutritious food, but also leave room for the yummy things. Um, You may be thinking, but I don't want too many of the bad foods. Well, there are no good foods and no bad foods. I found an article from the American Council of Science and Health and linked it in the show notes. I especially love this quote. 
Overconsumption of any individual food is probably not healthy in the long run, but this certainly does not make any of these foods inherently bad. The article goes on to say, speaking of foods as good or bad is really not justified by our present level of scientific understanding and only contributes to an underlying lack of peace in people's relationships with eating. I think that's, it speaks for itself. It's a pretty true statement and um, when it comes down to it, it's really just the need for us to improve our relationship with eating food. Tip number four, drink enough water. You might be practicing balance when it comes to the things you're drinking, which is okay. Meaning, you know, you might be having soda or, you know, holiday beverages every once in a while, and that's okay. Just make sure you're also drinking enough water. WebMD published an article, How Much Water You Need, and I feel like this quote does a good job at highlighting what enough water means for you. The formula used to be one size fits all, eight, um eight ounce glasses of water a day, but that's changed, experts say. It depends on your size and weight and also on your activity level and where you live. Nestler says, in general, you should try to drink between half an ounce and an ounce of water for each pound you weigh every day. For example, if you weigh 150 150 pounds, that would be 75 to 150 ounces of water a day. If you're living in a hot climate and exercising a lot, you'd be on the higher end of that range. If you're in a cooler climate and mostly sedentary, you'd need less. So I like to challenge myself to drink a gallon a day, although this can be super challenging. Um, Just because when I'm challenging myself to do that, I often end up drinking Um, close to a gallon which is typically the amount that I do need so I would suggest at least having a water bottle with you throughout the day Um, just fill it up in the morning bring it around with you refill it so that when you're thirsty or when you're bored um, the water bottle will be there and you'll most you'll be more likely to drink it tip number five meditate and choose mindfulness During a time that's known for being super busy and can be overwhelming, it can make a big difference to take the time to breathe and recenter yourself. My favorite meditation app, which I've talked about in previous podcasts, is Headspace. And I like how you can choose what length you feel like you can handle, whether it's literally only a minute or maybe a full half hour. Since it is a busy time, I think for most of us, things like meditation can feel like an extra burden because you think to yourself, I don't really have the time for it and I just don't really want to do it. There's so many other things that are priority. Um, But if it really is only a few minutes and it will help change the entire focus of your day, I would say, at least for me, that's worth it. A study from Currents in Pharmacy Teaching and Learning shows that taking the time for mindful meditation was associated with enhanced mindfulness and mental well-being and decreased perceived stress. So that's a lot of extra benefits that come from mindful meditation, which also shows that you do need to be mindful. You can't just give it partial effort when you're meditating. You need to try to really apply yourself. All right, tip number six, spend less time on social media. And I kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier. Um, If you've ever taken a break from social media, you're probably aware of the changes that take place when you're not on your phone as much. 
For me, social media is a place of constant comparison, and it's honestly pretty rare that being on social media makes me happier than I was before. Um, I challenge you to think about how much time you currently spend on social media and try to lower it by, by any amount you see fit for the month of December. If this means setting those time limits on your phone for certain apps, you can do that. You could also try to have an accountability partner. So that's where you would tell someone else about your goal, maybe a friend or um, a partner and give yourself, it just gives yourself a little bit more motivation to stay true to your goal. I know that when memories are being made, it can be tempting to want to document everything and share and post it with other people, but maybe take the time to ask yourself what part of that is necessary, um, what part of that will be meaningful to you afterwards, um, and what will benefit you and what won't. Taking the occasional picture with people you love is definitely not a bad thing, and honestly, it's probably going to be a good keepsake and memory for you to look back on. Um, but if you think about it, recording every single thing that's going on will probably distract you from being actually present in the moment, um, and really enjoying what's going on. If you're always recording everything and taking pictures, well, I don't know, maybe you can just consider whether or not that's completely beneficial for your scenario. Tip number seven is make a budget. Make a December budget and be disciplined with it. This month can be super expensive. There's always something else to buy, whether it's presents for everyone in your life, good holiday-themed foods, or feeling like you just have to buy things because of the, the sales going on. Um, this is why it's crucial to have a budget, especially for this time, so that you can be sure to have money for the things that matter most. When it comes to the gifts, think more about meaning and less about cost. In other words, what's something that you think the person will actually use um, or will have true meaning for them? If you're on a tight budget, you can also consider DIY homemade gifts. I found a list of 50 great ideas that are less expensive but more meaningful. A pattern I noticed is that oftentimes these include mementos or reminders of memories, so maybe they're pictures that are meaningful, uh, yummy treats or foods that you take the time to bake, and other things that while they may be less expensive or maybe they don't look quite as super nice, they still show you they care because they take a little bit more time. Um, so if you don't have more money to give, choose to invest in your time. Tip number eight, prioritize your downtime. This one is similar to meditation and mindfulness, I would say, um, although it's not quite the same. Prioritizing time for yourself to just chill and lay low can be really important when a lot of your day is spent being busy, especially if you're not um, an extrovert. So if you're naturally an introvert or an introverted extrovert, which I definitely am, you need to recharge with downtime in order to be your best self. This can mean literally taking a nap, doing one of your favorite hobbies, watching a movie or a TV show that you love, and there's probably a lot more that I didn't think of. Um, but I would say as long as it's helping you to feel relaxed and more in tune with yourself, you'll be achieving the purpose of prioritizing downtime. Tip number nine is don't be afraid to say no. This one's simple. If you need to say no, say no. 
Most likely, you have a pretty good feel for what your limitations are right now. If you're concerned about hurting someone's feelings, let them know. Be completely open about how you're feeling if you can. But in the end, you do need to take care of yourself by setting specific boundaries. This doesn't mean that you should always be saying no, but it means allowing yourself to be open to options um, for the purpose of giving yourself control. You don't need to be a victim of a crazy busy December, but rather you can choose which things will fit in your, your schedule and you can do them intentionally and really enjoy your December. So do what you can handle, communicate that with others, and just be present. And that leads me into tip number 10, which is be present. So last but not least, try your best to be present this December. Choose to be in the moment, experiencing what is one day actually going to be a memory for you. This is easiest when you let go of the small annoyances and focus on the good. I often find that when I'm present, it's easier for me to ask genuine questions and get to know my friends and family better and be a really good conversationalist. Um, You'll be happier when you're choosing to be present and the people around you will be happier too because you'll be more in tune to their needs. Alright, and that actually wraps up this week's episode of 10 Tips for a Better December. And I really enjoyed researching these different tips for December. Um, And don't forget that I link the different articles in the show notes, so feel free to go through those if you're interested in any of the different tips. I hope that your holiday season is really wonderful and full of amazing memories. But for now, let's have a great rest of the week and be present and make the most of today. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Stronger Than Before podcast. I hope that this episode meant something to you. Please consider leaving a review or sharing this episode with someone who you think could benefit from it. Last but not least, you are so much stronger than you know, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. See you next time.